Welcome to Bottomless Rugby, the home of boys, brews and sports balls. This is the main event with Dr. Duke, Kaya and Jason. We talk about the current hot topic of the week, touch base on interesting news and pick a boy of the week. If you are a new listener, welcome to the Bottomless Rugby Network with multiple podcasts released every week. And if you enjoy this podcast, please consider following Bottomless Rugby on social media and podcast streaming services. Let's get into it. Gentlemen, welcome back to another week. Uh, what have you guys been been watching sports-wise and Netflix and so forth during the lockdown? I've been watching Northman, which is one of the funniest. Like, if you've you ever watched Vikings, I mentioned this on the YouTube, on the tubes, that if you've watched Vikings, it's basically a parody of Vikings about North culture. So it's really funny. I recommend watching all three seasons. This current season was a prequel season, so still watch at the end, but it's pretty funny. And also one other show was Fear City, which is about the mob in New York and how they took down the five families. Really fascinating how they do that. I love mob dramas and, and love reading mob books. So perfect. All righty, Jason. Yeah, what have you been watching lately? Lately, with the family, I've been watching Merlin. That's like a, a take on, you know, the whole King Arthur and Merlin story. Essentially, we're like, they're, they're the same age. And like yeah. Merlin starts as a servant. So it's, it's an interesting watch. And then by myself, I've been watching Blue Exorcist. Uh, interesting anime thing. I'm not surprised. Um, it's a cool anime. It, it's it's cool. I like it, Jason. I like it. It's a good one. Um, I'm I'm stoked. NBA is back. Uh, so they've been doing a couple of scrimmage games so far. On Thursday, the actual matches start. Uh, so I've been checking about some of the teams, how they look, and so forth. Uh, pretty stoked about that. Um, also multi-choice finally got espn back onto dstv so you know those that that do have access to that can you know go watch nba games live uh, illegally not even just that like baseball nfl so many sports you had to i had to like i had to watch like undercover on streaming services that were destroying previous laptops finally no more viruses <laughs> you know th- this is really really good news and it actually like now you can make a better case for you know like for people paying the ridiculous amount. not quite let's not get know. there yet yeah yeah okay it's, it's not quite you know but it's a step in the right direction yeah um you know um but also like like um so there's now a big sumo tournament going on and the nagoya basher um i'm loving the sumo um as you guys know i, I really dig me some sumo so I'm currently watching that. Um, and then, yeah, recently, a couple of days ago, I watched uh, The Devil at the Crossroads on Netflix. Uh, so it's a documentary about um, Robert Johnson, kind of like the guy who, you know, like he's almost single-handedly responsible for how blues sound. So he really sucked, and he went away for about a year and a half, and he came back and was the best, you know? And <laughs> everyone was just like, what happened? And the story is that he sold his soul to the devil at the crossroads that sounds funny you know and then he suddenly was just the best blues player um and all the typical blues stuff you hear these days was all invented by him so fascinating it's short it's like a 48 minute documentary so it's quick and easy to go through yeah and it is yeah i mean it's cool i love my music so i really really enjoyed that 
Um, all right, gentlemen, let's move over to our hot topic for this week. Alrighty, so last week, obviously, you know, we were talking about, um, you know, New Zealand rugby deciding that, uh, you know, they want to move to a different super rugby competition, which kind of means that South African franchises have to look elsewhere in the future. And, you know, the rumors for us going north have been going on for years. And we do think that this going to the north. Yeah, and we do think that this now means that, uh, yeah, it's it's definitely going to happen. Right. But now we sit with a conundrum, right? So the talk is that, you know, they want to expand the Pro 14 to a Pro 18 uh, and have four South African franchise teams in there. And the talk in the town is that our Super Rugby teams will go into the Pro 14 at the expense of the Cheetahs and Kings, um, which is, yeah, it's hectic if you think about it. Like, it must suck to be Cheetahs and Kings and you, you kind of hear this news. So let's talk a little bit about this. Let me just mention quickly, so last week Nick Mallet was having an interview with uh, American and he basically called for, you know, option of combining some of the teams and he is adamant that the Eastern Cape team is a no-brainer and should be there, right? So let's talk about that first, right, guys? Uh, do, do you share the sentiment that the Kings need to stay in the competition? Jason? I think... To an extent, they need to stay in the competition. Like, we cannot look past the fact that they've only won four of their games in their entire time in the Pro 14. Like, to argue that they, as an entity on their own, should stay in, I feel, even though I want them to stay in for reasons we'll discuss in a bit, it, for me, doesn't make sense. But I think, as like a path, as a combination with another team, definitely, they need to have some influence. We need to have Eastern Province Rugby Union like staying alive and rugby in that in the uh, province staying alive to help rugby all over the country. I think from my side, like if Eastern Cape is the heartland of rugby, a lot of great talents have come from here. Actually, back in the pre-amateur, well, pre, is it pre-amateur, pre-professional era, <laughs> um, pre-amateur, was, yeah, like really dark. What um, is that? What is that even? <laughs> things were really intense back then. <laughs> the, the uh, but like playing in caves. But um, like <laughs> they were always one of the top teams. EP was doing well. And partially because people played in the province that they worked in or stayed in. And partially, so one thing the professionalization is that the Eastern Cape, just to be honest, is, even though we live here, isn't the greatest place to stay. Uh, there's not as many resources for a lot of, and it's not really the most exciting place to play to stay particularly Port Elizabeth it's not like you you do everything here in six months so in the pro era obviously everybody moves away because they can get more money so if you put the, this Eastern Cape like province in the correct circumstances with the right coaching right academy setup right finances it could work we saw this happen when they got this about 50% right in 2017 in the Super Rugby they came third so what could happen if they actually we're given proper resources, a good coach like Dion again and stuff. Because they've been doing badly in Pro 14, but they lost their coach. They lost so many players just before it started. So it's really hard to judge yeah. based on that. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, but a, a slight correction there. So they were the third best South African team. They did not come third in, in the oh, yeah. total competition. <laughs> yeah. I was going to um, but, but you 
<laughs> I mean, if they came third in the whole competition, that would be amazing. Uh, but you are right, uh, Kai. Um, yeah, they did lose a lot of players, um, and and we never got to see that translate into Pro 14. I'm adamant that if they kept their players, because they, they still had their coach. Dion Davids still stayed on, right? I think they they would have made the playoff, hands down. Yeah. If if they kept that group that was the third best SA team, you know, in that last year there in Super Rugby, I think they would have made the playoffs. It was a really good team, some proper proper players there. Uh, that is a big fact to consider. And since then, they've never been able to recover from that, uh, which is very unfortunate, right? Um, one thing I will mention though, like I, I do see your point, you know, like you know, professional players kind of want to go where you know life is a bit exciting and so forth. Um, but you know, given that in recent years it's become very easy for players to go travel abroad and so forth, um, I don't think that argument is as solid as it used to be, because uh, someone can come play their rugby year and then whenever they need to get away, you know, they certainly have the money to go hop on a plane and go somewhere. Not if it's not worth the money. Yeah, well, I mean, but if they get paid well enough, you know, to come play in Port Elizabeth, for example, and they want to go spend a weekend away in Durban, you know, it's an hour flight, you're there. Uh, so I don't think that holds as much water. But the one thing that I think is important to mention here for the Kings and why they actually need to stay, right, um, is because of the talent that the Eastern Cape has produced, right? So last week we spoke about, um, you know, the sort of uh, state of origin teams and SA Rugby Mag put together a Eastern Cape KZN team, right? So I had a quick look through that before this podcast and only six from the 23 players that they put into that team was born in KZN, yeah. right? There's an overwhelming majority of talent coming through the Eastern Cape. And let me just do a bit of name dropping quickly, right? Apalili Fassi. Roscoe Speckman, Lucanio Am, Franz Stein, Makazolma Pimpi, Alton Yanchis, Sanele Noambo, Noche, Nsila, Colisi, Mangesi, Poli. Like, <laughs> the names go on, right? So we, we still got here, like, Hendrix, Sergio Pizza, Cohen Bosch, right? Kursen. Kursen. No, was he not from Northwest? He was from Northwest. No, he was from oh, Eastern yeah. Cape. Adelaide. Oh, oh, yes, that's right. Adelaide. Kursen, right? So there is an abundance of talent in the province, right? And I do understand that, like, professionalism, these players were fortunate enough to get seen and come through. But a lot of these players, right, if you consider Lucanio Am, you consider Mapimpi, you consider um, Sergio Peterson, right, these are guys that actually played for the Kings and they got seen there, right? If it was not for the Kings, I'm not convinced that we would have Mapimpi where he is. Probably the same for Lucanio, you know. So I think there is a strong case that can be made for the importance of a franchise in this region. And I do believe that if we want to really take our rugby development seriously, that we should try and have big franchise opportunities in specific regions. So I, I do agree with Mallet that, yeah. you know, from that perspective, we need to do everything that we can to have a team in the Eastern Cape. We must. Yeah. So how do we then solve the problem, right? So let's consider a scenario and let's let's be adamant that a Kings team needs to be in the Pro 14 or expanded Pro 18. 
right? Whether they combine with another team or something, let's explore these options and see what combinations there could be uh, going forward uh, for team combinations and so forth. Okay. Uh, so let's let's start with the obvious one that Nick Mallet suggested, and then we'll go through a couple of other options and scenarios which might come forward, right? So Nick Mallet made a statement um, that you know we need to consider our rugby structures, teams, and the amount of players that we can contract before we decide whether we're going to North, going to explore other options and so forth. And he said, or he suggested a Lions Bulls merger. Because, and he put it out there like, you know, we should justify having two big franchises 50 kilometers apart, right? So what are your guys' thoughts on that? Kaya, um, do, do you think this is a good suggestion? I think it's probably the best one in terms of, like, makes it easier for players. The players wouldn't have to, like, necessarily find new apartments or new... But obviously, one of the cities would have to be the base city for training and stuff like that. But otherwise, that's not too difficult. A lot of players actually travel across from Joburg to Pretoria or Pretoria to Joburg every day as it is for practices. So, yeah, those two being together is a no-brainer. They have the easiest two to put together without having to take apart people's lives. Uh, for me, looking at it, like, technically, it makes the most sense. But I can't see, like, the head people in these unions allowing it to happen. I can't see the fans being in favour of this. I mean, imagine like in the Premier League saying, oh, uh, Manchester United and Manchester City, just join up. You guys are close enough anyway. Like, these guys are rivals, and it's it's been a rivals for a while. But obviously, as big as, like, Bulls, Stormers, but it's still rivals. And to say to the two big, strong teams in South African rugby, hey, just combine, you're going to be met with a lot of resistance there. Yeah, I'm with you. I think it, it would be a very very difficult pull to swallow for you know top guns within the franchises and the fans in particular because we we do know uh the trans yikske derby you know has a lot of history to it um you know but i do see mallet's point here you know these two teams are separated by 50 kilometers you know like it's it's basically you know a 40 minute drive and you in either city so I do see that 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 argument. Like, how how can you justify having two massive franchises so close together? And it would make sense that you could put them together. Uh, it would likely result in some like financial questions. Like, okay, so Lions, for example, would always have the games at uh, Ellis Park. Uh, now they might only have half of their games there if you're going to split the games between the two stadiums. Um, so a, a couple of questions there, but. I, but yeah, you know, of all the combinations of teams that could be merged together, this is the one that kind of seems obvious. And I think like the geographical argument is sound because in this case, it's still easy enough for, for fans to get between the two cities. Jump on the car train and you can get between the two cities, you know. Um, so I see that, right? Actually, I'm a Bulls fan, right? And I will be honest, like it, it really... It's, it's difficult to imagine merging with the Lions, right? But I'm also trying to think of a bigger picture here. You know, like, I, I'm I'm more concerned with the strength of South African rugby as a whole. And if we need to consider putting some teams together, you know, to strengthen 
so African rugby as a whole, you know, let's consider it at the least and draft a couple of options to see, you know, what can come out of it and how it might work and so forth. Um, Kai, I know you also said, like, um, you know, before we recorded this, that um, the financial aspect of this when it comes to sponsorships and so on might be a big, big issue. Maybe want to elaborate on this a bit. Yeah. So, obviously, both the Bulls and Lions are sponsored. I think the Lions Emirates, I'm not sure who the Bulls sponsor is at the moment. And these the naming sponsors that are uh, currently in place, which is, by the way, I'm so glad the Sharks no longer have, what's it, that painting company? But, um, like... Nonsense. Yes, just felt so weird to have a painting company. They, um, they're not a painting company. Weren't they? No, they make, um, like, construction apparel. Still not gangster enough. But, um... <laughs> <laughs> what do you want? Construction apparel or free cell phones? But, uh, okay, so get them. <laughs> um, but... But, like... Uh, that's actually a, sorry, a complete side question. I wonder if Sharks maybe get cheaper airtime. That's not the point. Um... These big sponsors have paid big money to have their names there. They're not suddenly going to be okay with a merger because of that point. And especially with like... So them knowing that they're only going to... That only one of them other names the new team. Because also like I'd love to know what name they would come up for for a team. But like, yeah, the naming... Whoever gets to be the naming sponsor, it would be really tough for them to, to take that away from the, the teams right now. So would they have to wait until the end of the sponsorship deals to quite put that into place? the other conundrum here that's one of the reasons why i think going into the pro 14 like if we're going to be joining there we need to make a solid differentiation now between provincial teams like uh sharks uh Vietpia, whatever and the franchises that will go in here like we already try to kind of say that you know we have the southern kings versus ep kings we have stormers versus EP, uh, Vietpia. but i think a way around that would be to create a new like team kind of like franchise name that they unite under that can get its own sponsorship deals and still benefit both sides by getting cuts out of that money. Like it will be difficult, but I think that's the easiest way to get around the sponsorship team by saying, look, you're still sponsoring the Lions, but the Lions aren't playing here technically. So just to clarify, what you are suggesting is that these franchises will will keep their identity, right? But for the purposes of an expanded Pro 18, they will sort of combine their resources to put a team together for the competition. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. So like for Curry Cup, you'd still have the Lions and the Bulls, but for Pro 14, you'd have, let's say, um, the Buffaloes or something like that. <laughs> oh my goodness. I hope they don't go for it. Oh my goodness. I wonder what animal they're going to go for. <laughs> We're running out of national <laughs> animals. Do you, want, do you want the Buffaloes or you want the Crane? Buff- <laughs> give them the crocodiles <laughs> oh, yeah. actually actually think that is a, a pretty interesting idea it's something that i thought of as well um the, the question is right so we, we don't know too much about the legalities of this stuff um, when it comes to entering teams into the competitions right um and whether something like that would be allowed or whether the the other teams from the competition might feel that this is uh, a bit unfair you know because you you're pulling your resources together you're essentially taking two franchises putting them together to go and play um but i think nonetheless it's a, it's a really interesting idea um and and if we take that mindset of right we're going to combine teams for the purposes of pro 14 18 anyway 
but we keep our provincial identity for our local curry cup. Um, I think that that is a pretty neat idea. Um, should be possible, you know. Uh, but let's also look at like some of the other combinations under this model that could work. Um, so two other franchises that I think um, could be a logical merger is uh, the Cheetahs and the Griquas. So the Griquas and the Pumas in 2016 gained uh, franchise status. I think it's, yeah, 2016. Uh, unfortunately for both of them, they haven't had the opportunity to enter any major competitions yet. Um, so we probably should mention like, you know, these two franchises also need to get some sort of an opportunity and a stronger case can be made for them to merge with one of the other original franchises that are already very well established. So Cheetahs and Kriquas, they only separated by 165 kilometers, Bloemfontein and Kimberley. Uh, we know in the past uh, these two franchises have a very close working relationship. Uh, we've seen players move between the franchises on loans for years already. So yeah, Kaya, what what do you think about the combination of these two teams? I think yeah, this works because in the old Super Rugby with the Cheetahs, the Kikwas were basically considered underneath them anyway. So I remember this, I remember this with like Vailaru. So they would choose their squad from both those teams. As it was, so that's not that one's just a natural coming together. It's not even that difficult to do. And I mean, it's a bit complicated now that Creek was are tech, like basically a franchise, but essentially they've done they've worked together in the past. I don't see how this would be too much of a problem this time around. The only issue is like I can possibly see, and this is the same thing with the Bulls and Lions and previously, is creating a new entity requires a new CEO, new all that stuff, and that's where some of the complications might come in. If you have to create a new entity that way. Well, well, let, let, let's consider the framework of uh, what Jason presented with, um, you know, we, we kind of just pooling resources together for the purposes of a single competition, you know. Um, but you still need but, but, but I do, see, yeah, I do see your concerns, right? Uh, but but I mean like I mean we we just we just three guys on the street, you know, uh, we're not experts in in you know that department, so we're not going to worry too much about it and we're just going to fantasize a little bit about some of these options um yeah so jason do you think um there's some some of these other combinations of teams that you think might be interesting well looking there's always you know call back to the past you know bring the cats back that could always be an interesting shout but distance is oh i just cringed <laughs> like distance is a big thing there but it's an option, but I think we'll be doing both teams a bit of a disservice now. Like, the Lions have done enough, I feel, to be on their own two feet now. But, yeah, it's an interesting combination that can happen. And, of course, the other one is, you know, just, I think, what people will call the easiest solution, even though it might not be, uh, just take the Kings and Cheetahs and make them form a team together. Because they're also not close, but not too far away from one another. Yeah, I mean, a drive up from PE to Bloom, um, if, if you're going to drive, is I think around about six hours, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I've done that. Um, yeah, but I mean, you could jump on a plane. I don't know how many flights are between, you know, Bloemfontein and Port Elizabeth on a daily basis. Uh, but I just feel, yeah, that is that is a combination that I think, you know, could work in this case. Um, simply because both those teams... 
you know, they've been in this competition already, you know, so it would probably be very easy for them to assimilate together and still play in that competition, you know, for the other teams that are going to be coming into it, they're going to have to adapt to this different competition. Um, so I, I do think Kings and the Cheetahs is definitely an option. Um, I kind of also consider maybe another option that is on the table is to consider the Bulls and the Pumas uh, merging, right? Then you could consider, you know, Lions merging with someone else. Because um, right, if we consider Pumas also need to try and get into some competition, you know, me, like I was born from there. So like when it comes to Curry Cup, Pumas is my team. I played for them at age group level, so absolutely love that team. Um, so I would like to see you know them coming through. And if you actually look at like Pumas, they've produced a lot of good players that have been able to move on to other franchises, and they've had to build their model on that. So they kind of pride themselves on you know producing a player that moves somewhere else. But now it's time for them to start retaining some of those players and and you know compete in competition themselves. So I think, you know, Bulls and Pumas could be an option. Uh, Lions and Chiquas, that's an option, which would allow, you know, Kings and Cheetahs to, to join together if we if we look at that suggestion. You know, so you could take six teams and put them into three. Uh, you then left with Stormers and Sharks um, as entities by themselves, um, which would leave us with five teams. So we're almost down to four for the expanded Pro 4 team. Um, what what do you guys think of that sort of scenario, or do you, do you think you know we need to consider Stormers Sharks joining with some other teams, and kind of get it down together where two franchises are working together to produce one team for Pro 18? Do you, do you think that is a realistic option that is out there? I do just want to say quickly for any foreign fans listening to us and hearing these distances and thinking, what are you guys talking about? That's not close. South Africa is a big country. To give you an idea, if you're traveling from Durban to Cape Town and you want to drive, that's about a 24-hour drive. So just so you guys know, like these are big distances, but relative to South Africa's size, it isn't that big. I just wanted to say that quickly. Yeah, you know, in South Africa, we do have things called airplanes, you know. Um, yeah, that also help, you know. So <laughs> it does help. Uh, Durban, Durban to Cape Town on a flight is about uh, hour 45. Yeah. So, you know, it's like... The players definitely can afford, you know, to jump on a plane and, you know, get where they need to get. Afford is a strong word right now. Yeah, <laughs> definitely a strong word. True that, you know, true play, that. Players are going to shop outside your house, like, show us the money. Show us the money. <laughs> um, Kaya, if you were to combine the Sharks with another team, like you two being Sharks fans, uh, let, let me hear your thoughts on who, who you think is a realistic option for the Sharks to combine with, you know? I think there's not really a realistic option. I mean, like, the Eastern Cape is possibly the one if you take out the Kings. But, like, the amount of ground the, the Sharks technically covers. And financially, they were doing better than a lot of the other unions. So it would be uh, possibly cheaters, but, like, yeah, Sharks' identity is just too difficult to, I think, merge with another group. What about the Sharks and the Pumas as an option? Mm, possibly. But like the yeah, the only side I can't think of it from is like in terms of the money that made from the gates, the sharks could dominate that part easily. So like financially they'd have to just the Pumas would just be moving to the sharks anyway. So if they were just allowed to be picking Pumas players, that's a, that's what I would think of it as. Not as a new union, not as like a new thing. 
And what do you think, Jason? Like, who, who would you like to see the Sharks team up if they absolutely had to? Also, a problem with the Sharks is that the Sharks base is in Durban, which is like middle of the province, the farthest part of the province away from everyone else. Like, Durban did not want to be associated with anyone else. The same thing with the yeah, uh, yeah. Western province. They're based in Cape Town, and that's also like the farthest point from like most other provinces. I personally, because there's already such a strong relationship between Sharks and Eastern Cape in terms of players, even high school players, but let's not get into that. I do think there's already a point there where we can build off of. I do think we need to be based. I think they could share home pictures, but I think Eastern Province and uh, Sharks does make the most sense out of all this. And it would allow the uh, Eastern Cape side to retain a lot of the players that they lose to the Sharks. They can say, look, you've been playing Pro 14 anyway under this banner. Stick with us for Curry Cup and you're going to get more game time. So I think that could work. Just don't do what I saw uh, April Fool's article a while ago called them the King Sharks or something. Let's not go down that road. <laughs> it's not a bad name. Somebody's probably thinking about that. Just imagine Sharky with a crown. It doesn't work. Man, that's not a bad idea. Have you not watched... What's that? It's DC where they have King Shark. Yeah. <laughs> so they could do... Yeah. Just like basically mimic him. Copyright. At least that will make the jersey the, the the jerseys easier. Yeah, you really don't need to do much for the design there. Yeah, just just put a crown on the shark's name and you're done. Sort it. New logo done. Um, all right, so I, I put together a quick final combination of teams. Uh, this one is basically done from a geographical perspective. All right, so so th this is my suggestion to put eight into four teams. Um, so it's from a geographical perspective only, I think it would make sense as follows. Uh, you put the Sharks and the Pumas together. So Kaiser and Pumalanga, um, you know, they, they're neighbors. You combine Lions and Bulls, they're close together. You combine Cheetahs and Grikas, they are close together, uh, which then leaves you with uh, Stormers and Kings um, working together. Um, that, I think, is, you know, from a geographical perspective, that's the combination that would make sense. And it would allow all of our franchise players to then be available for Pro 18, essentially. Right. Would, th would this make sense? The only issue I see there is putting Stormers and Kings together, you're essentially putting the two producers of South African rugby talent in the same team together. So I think players are going to just struggle for game time. But geographically, it SWD. does make the most sense. Yeah, and SWD in the middle there as well. Well, remember, guys, SWD is not a franchise at the moment, no, no. so they do fall within, you know, the Western Province setup at the moment. Like, like that's because they're still part of the Western Cape. So you'd be putting four franchises together, yeah, four true. unions together. Well, five actually, if you use border. Yeah. So... Yeah, yeah, but I mean, we're not talking unions right now at the moment. You know, like we're just talking from a franchise perspective. Yeah, I don't like, think that one. Would I, work. I think. Yeah, yeah, but I mean. That's kind of what you're left with, because, like, Lions-Bulls geographically makes sense. Cheetahs-Griquas geographically makes sense, right? So then you're left with Stormers-Kings, Sharks-Pumas, right? Uh, if, if you're going to put Sharks-Kings together, you got Stormers and Pumas that are, like, two different, you know, two different sides of the country, 
you know, so that's not going to work. So you kind of have to then be like, all right, Sharks got to team up with Pumas, uh, Storm has got to team up with the Kings, you know. Most likely, I think what would probably happen is the Pumas would just join like like the Lions and Bulls, and then the, the Cheetahs. Sorry, the Pumas would just join the Cheetahs and Greekers, and then that would absorb that. Then the other problem, yeah, just the Kings then would be the problem. Yeah, like my my big concern with you know having the Kings as a standalone thing. So if we take Nick Mallet's suggestion and, and you're gonna put Lions Bulls together, you're creating a powerhouse, an absolute powerhouse, right? Um, and the Kings are now still like by themselves. I I don't know if that like I mean it will benefit the Kings being in the competition, but would it really benefit them if they're not as competitive as the other SA franchises? You know. Um, if you're going to be talking mergers, we need to talk about a merger that will strengthen all the other franchises, you know? Yeah, that's why I think the King-Sharks thing makes the most sense with that. Also, I have to agree with what Kai said with Cheetahs, Grippers, and Pumas, because having gone through all the squad lists and whatever, the Cheetahs have the biggest squad in South Korean rugby because they loan a lot of players from Pumas and Krikwa. So it does make the most sense there. But yeah, I think yeah, I agree the Kings can't stand alone because they're really losing way too many games to be considered for staying in the competition. They need to join someone else. For me, most most sense making the Sharks, but yeah, as much as I don't like that. Yeah. All right, guys. Any final thoughts on this before we move on? I think we've covered it fairly well. It's it's a very tough issue to tackle without knowing all the ins and outs and without going through the red tape. But it is something that needs to be done because we can't just kick the cheetahs and kings out again. Otherwise, they're going to ditch South Africa eventually. Yeah, I, I personally would like the cycle of the kings and cheetahs just being booted out of competitions to end. Um, you know, that that really doesn't help them. Um, but I will also just say, like, uh, you know, we just three guys. We are by no means experts. And... Like, this whole exercise of mergers is a bit of a fantasy scenario. So, yeah, let's leave it at that. And we're going to move on to our Boiki of the Week. So, this week um, on the Aussie Rugby Show, right? Uh, and uh, the Aussie Rugby Show has got our main man, Sean Maloney, in it. Uh, so, big ups to them. Right? So, they had a little clip where... Uh, Matt Kita was talking about Drew Mitchell, uh, and Drew Mitchell did something that is definitely boyki worthy. And for that, Drew Mitchell is going to be our boyki of the week, even though he did this quite a few years back, right? So basically, Matt Kita was telling a story of how Drew Mitchell went and he stole a sip from the Queen of England's cup. Gents, uh, I, I want to put it to you. Would you have the boykey inside of you to go and do that? I probably wouldn't personally. Um, never know what the ramifications might be. But like, yeah, the setup was, I think he wasn't, the other thing was, he didn't believe that the key, the queen would be drinking such an intense drink. And so he wanted to make sure for himself, and he saw her knocking it back so casually that he thought to himself, no, that can't really be that intense. And then he had the surprise of his life. Yeah, and what was that surprise? It was a lot stronger than he thought it would be. <laughs> <laughs> Queen, don't play games! 
honestly, like on a side note, uh, do, do you rate that guy's that's a guy who's holding the Queen's drink? Do you rate he's being fired as we speak after this recover? Because I mean, Drew Mitchell could have slipped poison in that glass. Yeah, but he wouldn't. Uh, but I see your <laughs> point. <laughs> I'm, I'm not saying Drew Mitchell's poison. I'm not starting any rumors here. But I'm saying like the fact that that glass was left untampered. And let's not uh, forget. Uh, someone else in the show said they, his teammate said, yeah, I also took a sip after that and found out, yeah, it's straight gin. That's yeah, it, in the Queen's Cup. <laughs> yeah, in, in fairness, Guitar also went to go and have a sip afterwards and confirmed that, yes, it is gin. So, you know, um, we actually should be like, you know, uh, boy, boy of the week should maybe go to the Queen, you know, for just <laughs> drinking gin all the time. What position would the Queen um, play? You know, sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> Give us that real money for the team. <laughs> she knocks back a gin like it's nothing. <laughs> yeah, you know, maybe like London's dry gin can sponsor the team. <laughs> but yeah, um, I, I I think this is boyki worthy. Uh, to be very honest, I personally do not think I would do that. Um, as tempted as I might be, I don't think I'd do that. Uh, Jason, yeah, may, maybe the guy is getting fired after this comes in. If he's still there, uh, but fortunately, nothing, nothing, you know, hectic happened, and all is good and well in the world. And with that, Drew Mitchell is sliding into our Boyki squad. Uh, so there was an open position in his natural position of wing. So Drew Mitchell is there, and our team is filling up very, very nicely. Um, our starting fifteen is pretty much almost complete. We only need some props. Uh, we need a 9, we need a 13, and we need a 15, and then we can fill out the rest of the bench. So it's cut together very, very nicely. Um, and with that, all right, let's take a quick tap and look at some of the interesting articles of this week. All right, gentlemen, so four quick little articles we want to just touch on quickly. Um, I'm going to tell you what it is. Give me, you know, one thought, one response on that, and we're going to move it on and do this quickly. All right, so first up, right, so Bowden Barrett thinks the Boo Boys should stop. Kaya, what do you think about this? Uh, it's life is cold like that, man. People love you and they hate you. You can say, oh, my goodness, I did so much for you. Bro, people don't care about that. Life be like that, Jordan. Life comes at you fast. You, know, you you left your home team. I mean, what do you expect to happen? They're not going to cheer for you when you score a try against them. Uh, I think, Bowden, uh, get over yourself. You're not special. Fans are going to do what they want to do. Get over it. This is your professional, play rugby, and uh, you're just going to have to deal with it. All right, uh, second one we got here. All right, so Warren Gatland is taking a battering on social media. This is something we've been doing as well. Kaya, uh, what do you got to say to that? I feel... So good. I feel like I'm on the dark side, and every time there is hate for Warren Catland, I feel stronger. So keep hating, folks. Keep hating. I hate. The more he suffers, the more better it gets for me. So keep doing it. Hate, 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 hate. Yeah, like he's he set a record for the losing streak for the Chiefs, and he came in with so much promise. You got to expect this kind of stuff. And as much as he might not like it, like. You gotta understand why it's coming his way. Like the Chiefs should not be the wooden spoon of the New Zealand conference. Yeah, my opinion: if you get voted or suggested as the best coach in the world, and you go zero for seven with the Chiefs, uh, you're gonna have to deal with it. Um, I think the hate he is getting is warranted, and uh, yeah, tough on him. 
he's got to figure out what he's going to do. Uh, sucks to be him, but I'm all for Team 08 Gatland. You know, comes with the territory. All right, uh, next one we got up. Uh, so Julian Savia, the bus, returns to the Hurricanes. Jason, what are your thoughts on this one? I'm excited for this. Like, there's a couple of options. I know in France they're trialing much at centre, but it didn't work too well. Maybe he worked better as a centre in the New Zealand team. Um, otherwise, there's spots opening up on the wing. He's not as fast as he used to be, but like they can play around that, and he can just be like the battering ram on that wing. So I'm I'm keen to see him back and see him playing with his brother again. As I said, what Julian are we getting? Are we getting mm-hmm. the Julian from three years ago, four years ago? Are we getting the Julian from from who couldn't even get a starting place or even a bench place? So I'm not too. I don't even. I think he's just going to be on the bench as cover anyway. Um, so yeah, I don't think because Corbis is still there, unless they're still beefing with the coach. But yeah, I think he's just gonna mainly be on the bench, get a few minutes. Hopefully, you run over one or two people, get the bus back. That's pretty much it. Uh, all I'm gonna say for this one is uh, brother of the month award goes to Adi Savia for hooking his brother up with a job. <laughs> uh, hashtag nepotism is real. Uh, let's move on. <laughs> all right. Um, the most interesting one out of all of these, in my opinion, is uh, right. So there's an American consortium looking to buy the Stormers. It's going to be a multi-million-dollar deal, right? That could also lead to an NBA partnership. Um, Jason, right? What do you think about this? I think it's a double-edged sword because this is great in terms of getting the money in, getting private ownership in. Like we know, Vietnam has been struggling a lot with money. But what I read there is that they want 51% ownership and they want ownership over the rugby decisions that happen as well. And guys who, like, I don't know who this consortium is. I don't think they know that much about rugby. So having them in charge of these rugby decisions worries me because, I mean, we saw, we, like, we've seen like that could go very wrong and they might be like, oh, this guy apparently used to be good. Let's bring him in. You can have the Bulls thing where suddenly Mornay Stane's coming back to the union, for example. So I'm I'm nervous about it, but let's see what happens. I'm happy, to be honest. Um, like, and just to take on one little point there for Jason, is like, hey, our South African administrators have been doing a terrible job for the last twenty years. Okay, only one or two of our franchises have ever really been profitable, and so I think getting them out and getting some guys who run big businesses might be helpful in that sense. So that's what I'm looking forward to, trying to get some of these amateurs out, and also like if they learn from the Liverpool model where you have a foreign guys who aren't used to the sport come in, they'll appoint somebody who obviously knows a bit more about rugby, but they'll make sure that it's running a very well well financially. Yeah, I, I, th- I think this is quite straightforward. Show me the money, right? This is good, right? This is a union that is struggling financially, right? There's an option to get a lot of money coming in. The consortium that wants to buy this is actually a lot of like South Africans that are in the U.S., uh, they do actually have an understanding of, um, you know, rugby, and they're also partnering with actual NBA owners, right? So there is a lot that you know can come out of this, uh, pairing up with an NBA franchise, and and in this case, um, the talk is that it's Milwaukee Bucks. So you know you can you know put Sia Kulisi and uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo together. You know that is a marketing masterstroke that can happen for the Stormers. This is good. I'm all with you, Kaya. We need to get you know, people that are like really, really business savvy into these organizations and make them profitable. I think this is fantastic news for the franchise if that's going to happen. Right, uh, with that, we're going to call it a day.
right so you can leave us a comment or voice message on anchor and tell us what your opinion is on these matters right and we also want to send a big shout out to our favorite boy keys uh, this week's one drew mitchell right you guys keep on doing what you're doing and making rugby exciting for all of us fans uh, thank you to our listeners for joining us this week and we hope you enjoyed the episode of the main event please consider following bottomless rugby on social media and podcast streaming services to stay up to date with the latest content and so until next week stay away from your boys wash your hands often drink lots of water and stay safe cheers cheers